0: of selling for close to a billion dollars. Welcome. to stay, Welcome back to yeah, yeah, yeah. stay oh, hot. Man. everybody. This is Act 39. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Troy Krema, CEO, founder, of Green when I think Canada's hottest, now going worldwide. That's it's a, it's not Canada, we're not Canada. Th- we're not Canada hottest, we're <clears throat> worldwide hottest, well, baby. For those of you that are just joining us today, for the first time, we are. You know, tell me how you feel about this. Uh, this tagline, mm. "Stay Hot," the podcast for sales for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stay hot, the podcast for B two B salespeople. Yeah, man. And now I don't want to limit it to that. It sounds limiting, it sounds, but sounds pretty bland. If you're a B two B salesperson, this podcast is for you. Right. I think we also want people that are.
1: Um, the next forward thinking and next gen so let's change that uh, but let's, exactly add, let's, add, so let's yeah so let's add this Stay Hot is the B2B podcast for the next generation of salespeople. oh that slaps Okay, well, let us know down in
0: the comments below what you think. This yeah, if someone comes like,
1: up with a good tagline, and just hopefully it's not like these guys are a bunch of dusts. That's right. Dust. That's like, right. The, but podcast for business dust. if that's it, then we're going to not use that one. I
0: also have a bone to pick with the people that are listening to this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now, did you know that our audience is the largest on those two? I, it, it, do people not like looking at us? Like, do, do we get these lights and they don't guys? Like We're getting no all it. kinds. So if you're listening to this right now, go and subscribe to the YouTube channel because Click. it's a lot more fun. You get to look at Troy's funny face the entire time. That's fair. It's very, very funny sometimes. But it, it, it's mind blowing. It went on it yesterday. Well, no, but shit. like, let's just
1: look at it, right? We've had two episodes now uh, under the lights per se, and now we—true, because your camera angles, are, let's just put a face way, we're fucking terrible for the first little <laughs> bit. So I don't blame people for not looking at it because you're just trying to get every single like shit, okay. chin, <laughs> chin
0: that the boys have, and the kids been in the gym working out. Yeah, you're, me you're me. looking. you you know, each week I walk in here, it's like 20, looking good. It's paying off. Wow. So don't give up. Stop. I saw you snacking in the kitchen before this. Cut that. Cool. Cut yeah, it. Fair. Okay. Okay. Now let's clip get, it. <laughs> cut <laughs> it. Let's go. Let's this. get down to work. So no, honestly, if you're if you're new here, subscribe, like, send us a like. It, you know, it helps motivate us that people are enjoying. Tristan's this. also
1: looking out for sponsorship money. Again. Let's pay Tristan.
0: Well, we need to do that as well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so again, you know, this is mainly a podcast to up for an opportunity for Troy to update us on his journey as a CEO and founder of a tech startup. Yep. Tell us about your week. How today's Wednesday, March sixteenth. We just dated this episode, but you got to keep the people updated.
1: Pretty amazing, guys. I think um, we talked about last time. We talked about an Act thirty eight, and again, this just shows you the uh, the, the uh, when you when you hit clean air, like we were talking about last time in the plane. Yeah. When you don't when any turbulence, and when you're so plugged into the problem you're solving, and that you you reach that point where your product solves a genuine problem, mm. you hit. Um, it's not there yet. It's not the V word and the V word that I'm gonna say is virality. Uh, when your product hits virality, this sure. thing uh, starts to go. It's no different than like a shoe drop and when a brand drops, yep. and it just goes ching 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 ching. But it is. Uh, it's more like not ching 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 ching. It's like ching 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 ching. And what the really where how I judge that in b b sales is for every sales call I jump on, every single one, right? Yep. Um, and we say uh, three, of every ten quali- three of every 10 qualified calls should lead to deals. Should close. We're going, we're at a clip right now that's like seven to eight fucking qualification calls are leading to deals. And they're not leading to, and they're not, and these are like 18 to like 25K annual contract value clients that are, we're billing up front. And we're ultimately also, and those sales cycles are not, okay. Six, are not three months long. That's right. They're four to six weeks. So your pipeline, um, I don't. I don't know. Like pipeline, ex- uh, veloc- pipeline velocity. Pipeline velocity, which velocity actually is a term. Your pipeline it. velocity uh, is ultimately something that we found is um, only only happens really when your product is that good. And the problem, sure. your start- and your product addresses the problem and the pain point to the stakeholder and the person. On the side that it goes. Yeah, this isn't no ordinary sales call. This is something I not want. This is something I goddamn need.
0: Right. Okay. So here's here's a question. Maybe out of left field. Like it, when, when you're talking about chain, chain, like money going to the bank, cl- a deal's closing. Yeah. <clears throat> do you go a week without closing a deal? Uh, used to. But like today, like, like think of this past Oh, you, uh, you want to know my week right I, now? I want have, to know. you want to no know numbers? I want, I don't want numbers. I do not need some numbers. We don't need to disclose numbers. So I just want to know if like, are you going through droughts? In, in, in closing so deals. it's funny right like when you're um
1: when you're looking actually at um in the past when uh when you have a product that's maybe not um again we always talked about last time the vision product versus the today product yes when we talked about how last time the vision the v1 vision product of troy may be back when we launched right. the spreadsheet that's right gcs GC- yeah. well we've changed the game september 2021 right exactly. changed the game no and, I was, and I was demoing a spreadsheet no longer but that was, the, that was the visionary product I had then that has finally caught up to the market today. Remember that? We talked Got about it. that. That's so my visionary product that ultimately I had in September, which was a spreadsheet at the time, is now ultimately commercialized. And that product plays, man. That fucking product plays. And so what we're seeing now is, um, we used to go to droughts when like, you didn't have that product because you're not just selling, when you don't have the product, you can visually hand it over to a person and let salespeople bet on themselves. And let anyone that you're selling into, that prospect or that person in any business, say, wow, that's something I need and I can use. If you are selling something that you can use or half use, and hey, we're also gonna be here, then that person has to develop trust, right? Because that secondary part is you can pride them this, which they trust because it's there, but this part that you're ultimately that service part, which is more the human element to it, they gotta then buy into trust in the human that the human is gonna deliver with the tech. Now it's just full tech. So you hand the tech to them, and the human aspect to it is just customer service, and not just product like NPLG strategies, like Breeze was saying. So submit a question on the platform. We have reps that are constantly online 24-7 to help you outreach, help you prospect, help you go out. It's all through the platform. So we don't need to be call-specific and dependent, which then also leads into so many other efficiencies when we go into those margin businesses, right? Now, like SaaS is pure margin, and that
0: we're ultimately do, and we make a ton of money because we're hands off, bro. And, and you don't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay manufacturers to create the product. You pay your engineer your tech software engineers to create the product, right. and then it almost just tweaks from there. Well
1: that's it, right? It's like software as a service, um, any tech business, software as a service is like what we talked about last time, that's 75-80% margin. Yes. Um, the reason why that is is because you create it once, and you build, you build, you build, Correct. and then your only costs are really server costs, and ultimately data costs and stuff on our side, and then engineers and our team's time. Right. But the product itself is, we're, the thing about SaaS is you're constantly innovating and growing the product, the macro product, right? That's right. So it's not on an individual client right. basis.
0: Have you closed any deals this week? Yeah, it's from Monday in two days. Call it two days. Well, we're at the end of the third the third day. You, you treat your Sundays as Mondays, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, have you closed four deals already for And when did you first? When those was the those,
1: those aren't and guys, those are like signed. Those are signed and invoiced. we felt, right. So yeah. now that
0: you're just waiting for the money to the bank. Ching ching ching. Okay, so ching. there's four. <laughs> Did you reach out to those people last week and they just signed today? Or like was this like a six month sales cycle? This is funny,
1: right? Like we've only launched, we only started selling the full like
0: platform. Remember like we had our act last week. This has only been live like on there. I think it was, I walked in last week and I introduced, hey, go sign up to DCX and it's, you're like, nah, no, it's no longer DCX. It's, it's the green Cube AI prospecting platform. We've only been live on that kind of analogy
1: and selling the prospecting platform for nine days.
0: Can, can you can you walk us through one of your favorite sales calls that you went on this week?
1: Oh, yeah. So the one that actually that I'm on currently right now in a sales cycle is something that, um, I, I like it's funny when you're on the other side of the, when you're looking at someone on the other side of the call. This is a big client, first of all. <laughs> These guys <laughs> have a, uh, they just they uh, they're in government tech. They arrange a lot of basic. They um, have a solution ultimately for uh, deputy secretaries, um, all the way to the secretaries and the offices to manage their government, manage their policies, manage everything internally. and It's a great company. It's really cool. I actually reached out to the guy back in December because he just got elected as a VP of sales. I was like, hey man, we got this platform. He was like, yeah, bro. I like no, I gotta, it's like I, just, I need to get my feet wet and stuff. So we kind of detached it and actually we thought it was a closed lost actually at the mm-hmm. time because uh, we were that tech and service
0: type of strategy. Time frame, when was this? When was this, this was, was like December. It? But anyways, okay.
1: um, he reaches, he sees our videos. He sees the videos and content and he goes, I, I really like what you guys are doing around doing personalized prospecting at scale and making it very personalized to me. Given our industry, of government, mm-hmm. and how hard it is really to connect with government officials, um, but they are present on there. I want to jump on a call. Okay. Okay. So he's like, I'm bring my he says, I'm gonna bring my sales manager on. Sales manager jumps on, uh, he's a VP of sales sales manager jumps on who manages and hires uh, this SDR team. Mm-hmm. Well, we've now, again, just again, constantly evolving and innovating. Vision never catch. Uh, product never catch up to vision. Now, what we've also done is we created an admin profile. So again, like I was sitting here on the weekend with Anthony. Building audiences in his platform and helping him prospect. Okay, I and I told Anthony, you realize here in six, not even in two weeks, that we're going to have a platform where I can do this with you all through the platform.
0: Mm, instead and of then, having to be An- here walking through. And, and then Anthony, why, Anthony can, why can't you do that on iMessage right now or FaceTime?
1: Um, you could, but I'd love to just go. Then ultimately, it's a dead asset. Like I, then ultimately, Anthony can still go. I can't see his activity. So you go create an. We can
0: go create an audience on Facetime. And he said, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, did this. Okay, I pressed that button. Now You're I really can. Now it. I can
1: see like, and post a comment. What did you write to this person? How did okay. it flow? Are you saving them to your prospects? And I can see it and communicate it with them all. For and time. it's all
0: it's efficiency all in one place. I'm just Understood. I, don't, I don't want to do this, 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 this. this. Okay. Govern- anyway, back
1: to government. GovTech. So again, anyway, so I get on the call. He's like, it's warm. Like we're really interested. He said, hey, it's warm. He likes what we're doing. Um. GovTech uh, is really hard from a lead gen perspective because there's only so many, uh, finite number of basically prospects, right? You only have in government or even in medical or even in some other industries, there's certain bodies that are hard to get into. And those, those cycles and those contracts are multi million dollar deals, right? Because it's government. Anyways, long story short, um, the sales manager goes um, and he was like kind of contradictory a bit at first. He's like, we've had a lot of these prospecting lead gen agencies reach out and all this stuff. And I'm like, Blah, blah, blah. Collect the information as we go along here. And um, all of a sudden I go, you are totally right. You are right. Now, honestly, we were a lead gen agency and we sucked, basically, for that year. And you know what I said? It's really hard to basically be an agency when you are a tech company. And then what I said to him was, what well, we've realized over the last year, which is really a thesis that we're building our whole platform around, is salespeople love to bet on themselves. Salespeople love to bet on themselves. And what I mean by that is, I'm Troy, I'm an AE at a firm, uh, I wanna make my commissions, baby, I wanna go control Man own Destiny, I wanna control whether I'm outreaching this person, how I message them, how I go about it, how I personalize it, open mm-hmm. that door, how I work that in the sales fight, how I bring it down from, how I bring that in from intro call to demo to yeah. qualification to close and all the way through. I wanna be able to control that, right? So originally what we were doing was we weren't controlling the top. So the sales manager then goes, I said, you're right, you're 100% right, but and we've ultimately given you a tool and prospecting platform that's going to make your job a heck of a lot easier. So I said, How many SDRs do you currently have? And he goes, And I already knew from the VP of sales that there was an issue around man, managing, the, your, managing the SDRs, but I asked him, and he goes, um, We have five right now. Um, and I said, Okay. And he goes, Five going to 20. So he goes, I'm going from five going to 20. And I said, uh, and said, what's your uh, typical onboarding process? Like, Again, yeah, I'm just baking them right now. What's your typical onboarding process? Stand someone up and inform them about GovTech and inform them about, and it seems like pretty consuming. You have to be really knowledgeable about it. He goes, yeah, it's about a six month onboarding period to right. actually bring someone up to speed. And then I said, you know what? It's funny, right? Because we're experiencing something right now in the marketplace here. I'm sure you guys are, uh, Sean and XYZ, uh, on who are ultimately coming out. And I said, you know what? There's 35% turnover in the market right now in sales. Like we are, like, upwards of 67%. Like people are leaving, so, right. like, how are you guys managing all these people and what they're doing on a prospecting basis? And I, mean, I assume like you guys are hiring a remote, right? Given where everything's going. He goes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I go, okay, great, so here's a platform for you. It's not just a platform for every rep and that you guys can target even better and prospect even better and get personalized cues and do personalized outreach and prospecting at scale for the rep that's gonna yeah. increase their output, increase their efficiencies and allowing reps like Anthony to be able to originate 20, 25K pipeline in a month, that ultimately they have had no prior sales experience, put that aside for a second, it's also gonna make your job as a sales manager Mm a heck of a lot easier as that stakeholder. And so when you have someone who's the stakeholder and your champion technically within a company that goes, I can't live without this tool, and this is going to make my life a thousand percent easier because I can now just prospect and teach and be what I do best as a sales manager and what I get paid on, Ultimately sure. to make sure my BDRs, my SDRs are optimized. So now we can have that feature where I can go into a platform, create audience at the end of the day, post messaging on how I would go about that. Mm. So actually see his messaging that ultimately how we approach that person, how we would address that, and actually drill into a lead-by-lead basis. And why is that why is that worth it? Some people might say, Well, what is one lead? Right? Like why why you why is that person investing so much time on Willie? Well, the market that they're in given how competitive the digital landscape of outreach is, the fact that everyone's still hitting the connect button on LinkedIn, the fact that people are still spamming people on email. In order to decrease the noise in prospecting outreach, you got to increase the personalization and ultimately the targeting. And so, GreenCube allows you, from a targeting perspective, to allow you to do personalized outreach and prospecting at scale and really hone in on the human element behind the processes, allowing each one of your reps to connect with them. And like, just as a quick kind of example here, Tristan, and it's pretty remarkable. Anthony just got in charge. Uh, got in touch with the regional vice president at Blue Cross, which is a huge insurance company in the state. It's California. He went on the Met every touch, is brilliant to see. And he goes and looks at the guy, and um, just sort of said, hey, I saw that you were at Cisco, I saw, hey, i saw I I'm really impressed by your sales experience at Cisco, and ultimately how you were so interested in FinTech, and, mm-hmm. and then I'm really fascinated by how, why you transitioned over to insurance and that sales process, how did that work for you? We'd love to jump on and just kind of ask you a few points and let you know the kind of cool stuff we're doing over here at GreenCube, congrats on a great career. He reaches out like that, he relates. That sounds he how goes, I- reaches. He he reaches, he goes, the guy comes back with saying, wow, I have a great approach, and this is amazing, and he goes, man, that's pretty funny actually, I just gathered all your information, we do deep dive prospecting on our AI tool, that's way better um, than ultimately any other platform that's currently out there. He goes, yeah, here's a meeting, here's my talent, book a call. That's a kid that never knew nothing about sales four to five weeks ago that's doing that type of prospecting,
0: and it's all because of the GreenCube platform, and I like to think he
1: has a decent sales
0: manager. That that just sounded so genuine, and conversational.
1: It's a it's a conversation. That's a great point. So now our sales is not we're not pitching a product, we're just having a conversation on how the product makes your life better.
0: How, how many how many outreaches do you think that guy or woman at Blue Cross is getting a week? Oh.
1: So many, right? Like it's it's funny. I've heard horror stories where people are getting hundreds a day. Think oh. about that. Hundred hundred connection requests a day. If you're the CEO of like let's say a, That's a, what a, I mean. a decent Fortune 1000 company, even like a, even me, I get outreach, um It goes to my spam folder. I was I discovered my spam folder in my email the other day, um, and this is why like a lot of like spray, buy, spray, and pray doesn't work is because um, if you're not writing a one off personalized message and you're plugging into a, a sales engagement tool and hitting play or a marketing automation tool like a and hitting play, what happens with that is um, cybersecurity and data privacy. Google now and um, and ultimately other domain hosters, What they'll do is they'll actually um, hurt your domain mm-hmm. if you guys are doing more like widespread outreach. Right. Clark for Clark X R I P. Um, ultimately, he was doing that at the start. What happened? He got his email blocked, and then any other future emails that we created were spam. So Anthony's emails actually—he's not even live on, on email right now um, because ultimately he uh, Clark got all our future mm-hmm. domains blocked. Um, what that then goes, filters into is, well, okay, so you can't do Spray and Pray on email anymore. Okay, um, also Spray and Pray uh, does something to your pipeline, it creates pipeline inconsistency. Right. You can have a big month, a small month, a big month, a small month to an investor that ultimately is going out, that is not conducive. And then here we go, it just goes to show you that Anthony was able as a five a person that's four and a half weeks into his job, you I mean, nothing about prospecting, sales, outreach, anything, right? That's just a thesis of what we're doing. We, I could, have, I stood him up, let him understood our business, leverage the platform that we've already created for him to go and do his outreach, mm-hmm. and he's already originating. Now that's a deal. They have fifty fucking insurance people that work that's for that right. guy. Like that isn't a, that is an enterprise level style contract. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. That kid just originated mm-hmm.
0: by just being genuine and human to that person on the other side. And, and when you say originated, that means just got it in the top of the funnel. He, he just we booked the right. call, we booked it. Now he's in, now now he's in the pipeline. Yeah, Daddy is taken over. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get, get down there. Okay, but that uh, you know I like that, and, and and for me listening to that.
1: So back to the Fentia. Oh sorry, back to the ex company. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. You can mention them. Um, back to him. So the guy is basically when we're pitching the product, he's tr- jumping through The screen, like he's like, guys, when you know someone's engaged, um, they're on the edge of their seat and they're going like this. Sure, he's like, he's looking at them, and he's going like,
0: because you're answering all of the and concerns and, and
1: questions. Yeah, that and I'm like, for. and I'm like, here, yeah, where do you want to target? Illinois, cool, RK, cool, um, deputy secretary, cool. Um, what do they, where do they, well, what do you like about them? Or what are their personalities? Oh, well, what's some interest that you guys want? He's like, processes, process, keyword, keyword, keyword. Okay, cool, crazy search, spend out. Let's look at that, guys. Okay, so here's the audience that came back for. The the uh, for state of Illinois, and so here's the government. Here's the Chicago. Here's all these different municipalities. This yeah, this,
0: took this took place on this call, this and I'm
1: going saying, here's your guy. And uh, what's, I asked the guy, like, so what's a little bit of background to you, like, what do you like, what are your interests? He goes, hockey. I go, okay, cool, whatever, hockey. Sure. Everyone likes, who doesn't like hockey? Yeah. Anyway, so I put it in, and the guy goes, the deputy secretary at um, the state of Illinois is interested in hockey, he likes, uh, he's a big Blackhawk fan, He lo- but he comes from a process-oriented tech background. He actually was an IT manager. Uh, I was going, i was reading all the stuff, so I'm like, guys, you could totally rip this angle by saying, listen, I saw that you had an IT background that you're interested in that's Black right. talks, but here's kind of like the full digital profile, how we're able to digest the information. I asked like then I went to the guy, I went to, hey, X, do you think you could write a pretty cool message here to this guy and get to him? That really comment that guy, he goes, give me the lead. <laughs> <laughs> the guy goes and writes a it. Friday. And so um, we would call on Friday to discuss seats, and that's not, that's, not a, that's not a 10K off client annually, that's potentially upwards of 20, about 20 times our 2 million is called 4k times 12. You're looking at about a 50k ACV client that could be closed in a matter of five days. What do you
0: mean? Seats discuss seats define seats, uh,
1: people SDR li- yeah. licenses. Okay. So, usually, what we charge is a per license basis, and then you charge on per users. No different than how any other Netflix charges on per users, it's just a little bit more expensive. Okay. Sure, BB Tech. Um, and on that front, like the guy goes, like, we're discussing, like like a big deal that should have taken three months but we're out here fucking looking to close this thing in one month
0: can i ask you how you price your product because through my day-to-day and learning about entrepreneurship learning how to price different contracts and services Mm. the biggest thing that i come across is you have to under you have to you have to figure out sorry you, you have to figure out how, how much that service or the, the problem that you're solving is going to bring in for the person that you're providing the service for. That was a bunch of jumbles, so let me, re, let me, let me redo that. I got it. I can take it. When when, when your so your product, you have to ask yourself, how much is my product going to bring in for your company? And then you decide how much the price based off of that?
1: No, it's so more flat. Um, and the reason why is when you're creating a platform or a per seat, um, you can't fluctuate because you can't dictate what their sales cycle like and how they go approach them. Do you own. ask
0: them about that? Yeah, it's all important information, they'll know,
1: but not, we used to, right? When you're a services business and we were when you're tech and service, I feel like when you have a human element to things, people for that trust aspect to work, they're gonna go, I need ROI. I need return on investment. If there's a big human element to this, I'm hiring people people in other people's minds have a certain output. And so when you have that kind of connotation there, there's a big ROI basically play when you're handing over a little bit of your keys to ultimately the person to drive the car a bit, right? right. Um, But if I just wanna uh, have a Jaguar or a Ferrari and I get to drive it, right? Then ultimately I'm gonna, but and then I get to dictate how fast the Ferrari goes and the velocity and uh, where I go with the car instead of having a human tell me where we're going and me sitting in the passenger seat, I'm more likely to buy the car than actually go tell the human to buy the secretary. That's service. right.
0: But so so, but for instance, let's think of like the Super Bowl commercial. Okay. Troy Green Cube puts a commercial on the Super Bowl, mm. and that commercial is going to generate ten million dollars for Green Cube. Okay. okay, hypothetically. Yeah. Me as the person creating that commercial for you. Yeah. Well, if it's going to bring in ten million for you, I want at least two million. <laughs> well, 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 I'm not gonna charge you $1,500 for a product that's going to bring in two million, am I?
1: Um, well, I don't get the question. What's your, what's your angle here? I'm also, it's, paying, it's I'm also the, paying for the Super Bowl commercial. I'm paying for marketing, it's we're not the, marketing. It's the,
0: R-O- it's the ROI, ROI of the me. service that I'm providing you. Right. So let's say one video is going to bring in five contracts and each contract's worth five grand and there's 25 <laughs> in your pocket. Well Mark this is why Mark If 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 I know that information up front, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna increase my price from five hundred dollars to ten grand. Can you guarantee it though? That's the thing that always
1: scares me. Can you guarantee it though? You I tried to get you on a guaranteed contract, you told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> but the thing is that's a that's the issue about marketing. Marketing is a fugitive. You, you can't guarantee you Can't guarantee anything. anything, right? Um and that's tough, right? We we were a mar- remember we were a martech company. Yeah. Can you get a question I always get? Can you guarantee me this? Yeah,
0: like so so, so if this if I buy green Cube's product, how many leads am I guaranteed to close? Um as much as you want, because we give you a full access to the platform, go run nuts, bro. It, it, even,
1: okay, so this is where we See pivoted. this so, is this is where well, we, this is where we pivoted, right? Yeah. Like those they, now again um, the big theme of what we're doing, going back to what I said, salespeople want to bet on themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a big sales, t- I I'm used to close Sandy, what up Sandy, what up, thank you for coming in, I Closed them one in, what, a four day span, and we only had, what, a 20 minute
0: call? No, no, it was, it was last Wednesday. We, we had packed up Act 38, mm. we went in your office, and you saw a post of Sandy, right. and you were like, why is he making this post on LinkedIn? I'm gonna I'm gonna mess and you can pull it out your phone, yes. I messaged them and says and said, Yo, Dude, why are you I, No, using I took a product? I took a picture of it and said, This sucks. Why are you not using our product? Well, I didn't say this
1: sucks, I said, why are you why are not you guys pull using... up the screenshots right now, pull them up? Pull, pull them up. Them. I'll send it to you after we get out to the I content. will I will pull it up here, yeah. but I'm so not, no, sure you i I said to him Yeah. I took a picture of it like this and I said, Dude, why aren't you using us for this? That's right. And he's, and like, he's like, why are, he's like why you He goes, ha 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 ha, blah, 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 he blah. He asked blah. you
0: how many guaranteed, some, he, he guaranteed it, well, how much am I going to make by your Yeah, I mean,
1: so the backstory behind this was I originally had pitched Sandy in Owner's Box when we were <laughs> first starting out. Because when you're just starting out your business, when you start, you got to go leverage your network, as like we talked about before. So Sandy was in my network. He had a pretty cool business and uh, fancy weekly fancy sports platform show at Owner's Box. Love you guys, love the content, keep it up. Great, boom, bang. Um, and I reached out to him I was like, dude, I think we can go and we can cultivate and start DMing people on Twitter to go find you guys some um, new yeah. influencers and stuff. Because we were just on Twitter at the time, That's right? right? Um, he said, Troy, like, okay, like, who's doing it? And I said, oh, we wow. have an automated script and a bot and, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. We were so amateur at the mm-hmm. time, right? And he goes, so what, how much does it cost? I said, $3,000 a month. <laughs> it's kind of a lot. And he goes, what right when they, right when you jack price like that you flat fee. Yeah. And we didn't know anything about sales. I got told three thousand because my fucking mentors told me, Go, Troy, I think we should charge three thousand mm-hmm. dollars for this. And they were kind of right because it what it was SaaS and service, right? Like it wasn't it's sorry, it was tech and service. That's it right. wasn't just SaaS. That's right. Um it wasn't software as a service, it was software and service. Mm. Ooh, there we go. Um, and then clip, <laughs> um, and then off of that, what we realized really quickly was um, he he remembered the old vision of the product, right? So when yeah. he asked the guaranteed, he goes, um, he's heard all through osmosis and our content and me talking and hanging out with them, like the evolution of Green Cube, right? Sure. And everything, but he actually never seen it, right? And so I said, just there's no guarantees, bro. Just come jump on the call. And let me show you what the hell we've done. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your socks off, right? So right. My go-to go line. I'm gonna blow your socks off. Yeah, Terminator. Um, okay. <laughs> Terminator. Um, <Terminated. laughs> clip. Go check the clip. Um, but anyway, so, Sandy goes, he's a, he's, and listen, Sandy is a very like, um, he's, a, he's a good negotiator. He's very frugal with uh, the money, what they spend. He's a marketing guy who so wants to make sure budgets are allocated efficiently, and he's the guy who wants that ROI, right? Yeah. Like, that's him. And then, so what I said, and Sandy goes on like, "What can you guarantee? What can you do?" And then on the platform, I show him like, "Listen, and we can do this, we can do that. We can use it for fundraising. You can use it for this. Right. Here's who you can go after in partnerships on this side." And they have interest in fantasy. I can even look that up and put it first personalized search. Like create a search, 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 search for them. Mm-hmm. And then I went like, "What do you think?" And he goes, "Really cool. I like it a lot. Um, how many leads do you guarantee me?" And he goes back to that question on the call, and I go, "Sandy, like you realize that this is your platform. You get to use this." And then. Uh, he goes, well, I don't know what well, I'm not gonna know how to use it. And I said, it's a very intuitive platform. What do you mean mm-hmm. it's not gonna use it? And he goes, Well well I don't I don't I don't know I'm not i do not i do not know i am going to use it. And I go, Well well you got me, I'm gonna do a proper onboarding with you. And he goes, Okay. <laughs> and I go, yeah, dude, I'm going walk through it. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna I think like we'll talk through your business, I' we'll do a quick strategy. Mm-hmm. It'll take me fucking thirty minutes because I know how to do this shit and I'll grow your business exponentially. Anyways, um, shout out up Sandy. Um, and then so then he goes, Okay. I like it. And I don't think he wanted to sign just because I think it was, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. was and then he goes, Let me take it back. Okay, I'll get back to him Monday. And I was like, Cool man, awesome. Here, um listen, dude, um, Sandy, uh, do you believe in yourself? And he goes, Yeah. And I said, I knew you, do. I believe in you too. Uh-huh. And I genuinely I said that. I think it's great. Right. I think it's great. And I said to him, uh, well, we're gonna be the best tool possible for you to go bet on yourself.
0: And so now he's a client, now he's on board. Yeah, well, he's on board, yeah,
1: he's, on. he's signing on Friday. He's coming in the office and he's doing a big jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, no, he's uh, <laughs> he's pretty fired up. You gotta that. get some pictures of that. Oh, that's what we're doing, we're doing a photo shoot and everything, because we've, I. Sandy's funny, because I have kind of cheated the sales cycle a bit with him. I've actually gone public with it and said, he's 50%, or he's 30%, right, right, right. now he's 70. Right. I haven't disclosed that he's been there yet, uh, but he's coming in, he's actually gonna sign in person, we'll do like a contract, sign yeah. informal, formal, I'll onboard him, take me two seconds, but I think the biggest thing that's changed in our business, right, and we talked about this from <clears throat> back in Pipeline Velocity, is now we now our biggest thing is, dude, your current processes suck, and you know that, we know that, and I feel for you, I don't want you doing this anymore, I don't want you guys going through that, so here's an all-in-one platform for you, and the best tool possible for you, or platform for you to go better on yourself. And giving that to the person saying, holy crap, I'm gonna get half my day back, or I'm gonna get 75% of my day back, and they're gonna deliver the best leads, and I can do this at scale, and it works, and this is where the market's going, and it integrates to my current CRM systems. Well, where's the dotted line, bro? Yeah, why are you not using this? Why, where's the dotted
0: line? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good story. I'm excited to see that jersey swap. Um, that's gonna
1: be fun. I think, uh, and listen, he, he negotiated a good deal, good for him. Joe, Sandy, it's not like you got locked over. So sure. let always get some some props. Of course. Um, but uh, listen, he's gonna go on. He's gonna use it, and he's not gonna be able to live without it. Like that's our bet yeah. now, and that's something I know.
0: Troy, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give to a new salesperson? Like what? Ooh. Like what are the three fundamentals for somebody to be successful in sales? Um,
1: that's funny, man. Okay, so I think um. I think uh, the big, okay, so let me just go back how I stood up Anthony, right? Like yeah. Anthony is new to sales. So everyone, again, let's just paint the picture of like the setting, because a salesperson by definition, there's multiple different types of sales people, right? Yeah. There's obviously the AE, the STR, and the BDR we've always talked about. Right. Um, let's just say um, new to sales, okay? Um, the definition of sales is ultimately, how can I go out and find someone, um, work them down the pipeline, and close? There's three different things, BDR, SDR, AE, right? BDR, SDR, AE. Work it, how do I find someone? BDR, how do I work someone down the pipeline? SDR with a little bit of AE, and 80s AE's full close, right? So my advice, to the let's do all three positions. My advice to the BDR. Well, quickly, it sounds like the AE
0: has the easiest job. Mm, 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 because everyone else is doing the grunt work, weeding out people who don't want the product, they're getting rejected, 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 and the AE's only getting the person that is ready to sign. So
1: this is funny, right? Like, this is what, it's it's funny, like sales structures right now and how they're built, the BDR's gotta grind. Like he's gotta grind, he's gotta do the worst job ever possible, which is what we're solving for. It's like like
0: sitting there fishing in an ocean not yeah. knowing if there's fish in
1: there or not. Uh, yeah, or not. Yeah, not, yeah. God, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, man. not knowing if uh, that minnow on the other, or that and that uh, it's a minnow and uh, the minnow is dead. Like the minnow is literally dead. It's at the bottom mm-hmm. of the ocean. Right. Uh, with green cube, you know that you're gonna have a whale that's gonna bite, or which whale's gonna bite. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go back, go back to the three. Anyways, define the three. That was kind of cool. Um. Anyway, so on the define the three video, so again, three steps: find the lead, work the lead, close the lead. Um, ultimately on this front is the find lead part for BDR. I would just say really begin to understand the industry when you start. Like remember when Billy was talking about how he does a lot of research and learns about things? Yeah. Start to just understand like what it is that you're solving, who it is, and then eventually when you know about the what it is and what industry you're in, what's going on, like of course read about it. Then start to go kind of to that um, the, the person and say, okay. What we what is that problem that it is yeah. and where and what does our product do and then how does it solve that problem yeah. and then when you know who you, were, you know the industry and you know who the problem you're solving and then you know ultimately what you, how your product solves that problem today and even you can pitch some vision um, you can then put together a pretty good pitch right now the great thing about our platform which is really unique and cool is you don't actually need to know anything about your product to go and actually start cultivating pipeline. And what I mean by that is this is just where the world's going, right? People want to relate to other humans. I like to think that there's some good in humans uh, still today. And uh, ultimately people, good people want to connect with other um, good people. Like if I have a student that reaches out to me that's really passionate about entrepreneurship for sales mm-hmm. or even not even just wants to have a conversation with, like, with me, I'm always responding to that person because they're just asking me for help and guidance. Like that's being a any good, good that's, it's that's being right. a good person. There's a lot of good people out there in professions that just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. But and, but I don't have the time for the person that just wants me to meet you sign on the fucking dotted line after a message. That's but right. I do have time for the the human on the other side of that call. Okay. So, so that's so, so as a BDR you need to be number one, a good person. Gotta be a good uh no. As a BDR you, you gotta have I think you gotta be human first. Okay. So BDR, human first approach. Then, but also understand the problem and what your product does to solve that problem. Just because, again, once you connect, the first part is the human part, which is connecting with the person. Yeah. The next part is you gotta work it, right? So end personalization, pitch, right? Personalization, pitch, purpose, right? Those are my three Ps. Now, yeah. I guess the SDR, after the BDRs basically booked that call, or booked the intro call, because we just go right down now, because we're nail guns, but the, the most processes are you have to qualify SDRs, my, my uh, again, that's the first like, and you're doing like 15 minute phone calls that's so an SDR, right? You're jumping on and ultimately learning about the perf, the person of the BDR book, right. right, digitally. Qualifying them, yeah. Right. Um, so then you're jumping on, and usually an SDR has a set list of questions. My advice to the SDR at the end of the day is, again, build relationships. Sales is all about relationships. Don't start with your qualification questions. And listen, you're just gonna get better at this. Like my biggest thing is like, one, Build a relationship. Two, then ultimately don't read your questions or your qualification questions organically put those into your own words to get the answers out and build a story. Yeah. You have to relate to the person and build a story. And if your product is solving a problem, then the story should line up with how your, how your conversation goes. Right. And so after that, by the end of the call, your goal always of a qualification call. If they answer your questions organically in a conversation, it should lead to ultimately that demo. And then my advice for the AE and is, I should not have any advice for the AE. That is my thing, it's like an AE in today's society, um, you should be well groomed on how the process works, and by the time you get there, my advice to the AE is don't rush the client, don't rush the prospect. Um, if he's gone through the BDR SDR process, you're looking at traditionally probably a month or three week type of process. But when it gets to you, that guy's here, like he's invested his time, he knows what's going on. You don't have to quick close anyone, and that but you do have to tell a story as well that comes from your BDR to your SDR to you, and really build that relationship with a human to then ultimately get them to say, Wow. I need that, yeah. not I want that, because I need that goes to the point that they're gonna sign really quickly and increase pipeline velocity. Sure. I want that goes to, I might follow up and increase and extend sales yeah. cycles. But the only way you can have the want versus the need, um, uh, of course the only way you can have the need versus the want, sorry, is if your product is actually that good. That's right. And so I think now where we're at Tristan is also we've created a product today that is, is, has now entered the first stage of a need. Mm-hmm. it's just the first stage. Like it's, we're, in, we're the first inning of the need game. We're not yeah. a walk game, we're a need game it's solving real world
0: problems I, like sales games. I, I love what you said about you need to get the client or the prospect, you need to get the prospect to answer all of the questions organically. organically. And I've, you've let me watch a few of your sales calls yeah. and I think that's something you do very well. Oh, yeah. You don't, it, you ask them questions but you, you somehow make it feel that it's, like you're, and this sounds weird, and this sounds bad, but it, it actually makes it, you make it sound like you genuinely care about their problems, and I say that only because in the back of your mind, you're trying to get them to realize that they need your product. So the fine thing is I think the two go hand in hand. Yeah, but, but, but it, and it's hard, it's hard to explain this without people actually seeing what I mean, but like, you're constantly asking them questions about themselves mm. knowing in the back of your mind that they're gonna n- n- say something to make them realize that you need the product. Well the funny thing is like I don't do I have
1: a process? Yes, but my process is very fluid it, It's broad like it says I never kick off a call my process I never kick off a call ask them about the company never. I never do that. What do you do instead? I ultimately jump on. I've done research on where, where they're from, where they've worked, where they've done things, who they are, what they studied in school, who they are as a person. Really the essence of the Green Keep product, right? Who you are as a person that we're on the call. Um, I asked them. Say, I always like to break the ice, and ultimately jump into the call by saying, "I saw that you went to the University of Chicago. Like, that's where fun goes to die." <laughs> um, but and uh, just what was your like? What was your experience there? Why did you come out and ultimately then go into there? Like I learned about their process and their career. Right. What if, and then I get to understand who they are as a person and why they're at the stage they are today and why they're ultimately in this position, which I am selling into. Then I go into well, okay, tell me about your current position, like where we're we going with there, and then tell me about like. Tell me about your pain points. Like, tell me about like how, how what's it like to manage an SDR team today? Like, what are you guys struggling with? Where is that going? And just tell me about your current outreach processes. What tools are you using? That goes to qualification, but I do. But I build. I get him to get get him him or her to get me to the point where I understand who that person is. Yeah. And then ultimately, when I understand who you are and the way I should position it, I know whether do whether I'm going to increase my sales velocity on the actual call and go. Okay, this guy's a this guy or girl is just a fucking nail gun and I'm gonna really close quick because I'm not gonna book there's you can tell very quickly whether someone is um, uh, in it for the, like a relationship person, yep. and you tell in or and you know someone very quickly on the call whether they're a no bullshit type of person. Mm-hmm. I think there's two different types of people. There's like no bullshit, which is fast, quick, I'm gonna make a decision, or there's relationship build. And so if you can't put two and two, if you can't figure out which one's which before you even enter your pitch, ooh. If you can't figure out which one's which before you enter your pitch, then you've lost your pitch already. Mm. That's a fact. So like, if I don't know whether, if I need to go slow and walk someone through and really get the intricate details, or hey man, this is the problem we're solving, here's how you do it, let me just go and create an audience for the yeah. platform and I know this guy's gonna buy. If you don't know which one's which, you've lost your pitch. And so you gotta know whether he's a quick, no or he or she is a quick no bullshit person, or whether they're a, hey, he or she is a quick um, or, or he or she is ultimately a slow, a slow kind of relationship really understanding the need person, but you only get to that point if you really understand the person before you even go into the pitch. And so that's my biggest kind of maybe advice I would give to go answer yeah. your question directly to every single type of salesperson. You gotta understand the person before you go to the pitch and then the pitch has to solve the problem and the pro- and your product has to be good enough to ultimately solve that problem and if it if your product is good enough to solve the problem today, um, it's a need, and if it's a problem that they are eager to solve tomorrow or in the next few quarters, it's ultimately a lot. And so, that's why, like, I uh, thought it was probably cool. I, I resonate
0: with that, because when I used to work in a restaurant, okay, there were two different types of tables. Who the hell would order anything from you? Were, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I worked at a seafood restaurant, and I hate seafood, but I had to act like I did. You hate seafood? Anyways, listen to this. There were two. There were always two types of tables: the people that wanted you to leave them the f alone, like, right. buddy, I'm not here to make conversation. And and then there were tables that wanted to get to know who you are and what are you studying in school and how old are you. And like, are you how on. much
1: more enjoyable are those tables?
0: It is. It is. But but what I realized It's not, a, it's is, not
1: enjoyable until they tip you one dollar at the end of the night. Is, <laughs> is some of
0: my coworkers couldn't pick up. The type of person that they were serving, and it was the most painful thing ever to watch because someone who was talk, 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 talk would yeah. be doing that to someone who just wanted you to take their order and leave them yeah. alone. Yeah, you gotta right. And so, so for me, I under, I resonate with what you just said there, is because as a as a re, as a server, I would be one of my best skills that I thought I was really good at is walking up to a table and offer of the first. Three to five words, I can pick up. Okay, these people just want me to take their order and leave them alone. What, or what is that
1: called, Tristan? Or something. I.
0: It's uh, intuition. There we go. So mm-hmm. that was good. I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, give. Uh, I have two more things I want to pick your brain about. Yep. I had stuff on the paper, but this is more interesting to me. Jordan, be honest. Is an A does an AE have the easiest job of those three roles? I would argue they would. But the, uh, I would argue that too, because everything's there's the leaves but, are so warm that they just have to talk okay. them out and say, here, sign whoa, here, whoa, sign whoa. here.
1: Okay, let's just talk about this for a second. So I'm going to say something very controversial. Um, it's coming in hot. Uh, AEs at brand companies have the easiest job in the world. This is the kind of content I'm here for.
0: Dive into that.
1: Okay, so brand names. Um AEs at brand name companies like Salesforce, for example. I'm not trying to chirp you guys, but let's just call it what it is. They carry, most of them carry themselves like they are the pinnacle of all sales. And I've made it, it's like the big, it's like playing for the Yankees. If you're an AE at like a big, like a Salesforce or a big company, you're like the Yankees. Um, what well we've realized, like, but like think about it, right? Like you are salesforce.com, you are salesforce.org, which is their charity wing. You ultimately are Salesforce. You never built Salesforce, but you are Salesforce, and everyone that goes through start a company needs a CRM. Whether you're a B2C business, B2B business, any type of business, you need to log and track all your customers, right? So why, so why
0: does the AE have the easiest job?
1: Because I'm going to the website and I'm requesting to see a Salesforce product that every know I need. You gotta be a complete and utterly moron to ultimately not be able to close that deal. unless Unless you're trying to argue against a HubSpot solution, which is ultimately uh, a, a more of a freemium type freemium original startup model and then ultimately upsell, upsell, upsell as users. That's why HubSpot got into the CRM game and they, why they've done so well is because they realized, well, shoot, that entrepreneur, you know what? They just need a CRM to basically log all their stuff mm-hmm. and log their management and then and on that front, and I can get them in for free now, and I'm gonna bet on that entrepreneur that that entrepreneur is gonna be able to grow his business, and then when he grows his business, I'm gonna increase my surcharge. Mm-hmm. But to so give you answer your question directly. Yeah. When you're a brand and when you're established establishment, you're a marketing person, you can appreciate this, you get a shitload of inbound leads. Mm -hmm. A ton. Like, I have people at brand name companies that say to me, oh man, I'm getting a 100 different inbound leads. And then they ultimately have a qualification problem because a lot of the inbound stuff is shit and that's just someone trying to have a call that grandma's trying to have a call trying to buy a sales force, like it doesn't work, right? But ultimately on that front, by the time someone fills out a form, Built went for the information, went to the SDR, qualified, hands the AE, and it's Salesforce, and it's a brand name. If you can't close that deal, which again, they, they've worked their way up like through the process, so I'm not saying that they're not bad salespeople, but that job specifically, it's a cushy job. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it a spay, spay, Your job is cushy. You get to ultimately get leads that are delivered to you that are baked and baked and qualified, right. and there's no art to your process. It's you know it's Salesforce, you know it's this, you know it's that. Mm-hmm. So here it is, it, you've gotta be an utter moron not to sign without, get on the silent line. Unless the guy, unless the prospect is just totally full of shit, but then that, at that point the SDR hasn't done its job, and you gotta to go to the SDR. So again, let's just put a spade in spade. AEs at brand name companies have it easy. Um, and uh, listen, I want my AEs at brand, I want GreenQ to become a brand name company. I want that, because if GreenQ becomes a brand name company and my AEs have it easy, I got a pretty kick-ass product. Agreed. So, let's just put it face spade, spade. Um, it yeah. all comes to an hand. I'm not chirping sure Salesforce AEs, I'm complimenting the company. Agreed, I, but would, I'm, I would argue you I'm, are a compliment, I'm complimenting like the company, and I'm complimenting how great that company has been, it was built by amazing entrepreneurs. Um, but I am gonna say to the person in that seat that carries himself in a certain way because they're Salesforce AE, or if they're this, that you are actually not as, Good of a salesperson, or you you might be a good salesperson, but you're it's no different than like how an athlete, um, if he doesn't practice every day, he's ultimately doesn't have the that he's not gonna be that good.
0: Well, or it's saying that oh, that, that that athlete's only as good as they are because look who had he or she has on, on their his team.
1: team. That's true, right? So, I mean, that's what I've always argued, right? Is like because some people I've had some fucking people I've had, I've had some, some sales conversations with some of these AEs like out and about. And they go, well, I work, at, I work at this company, and I work at that company, and I'm a senior AE, and I'm this, I'm that. And I look at them, and I go, fuck you, man. I know I'm fucking better than you. Mm-hmm. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Like, And then, like, I go, like, okay. So, like, how many leads do you get delivered to you every a month? This. Okay, yeah, great. You're hitting quoted. It's a cushy. Yeah, good for you. I, But I call them, and I say, like, I miss I probably, you probably went through a lot of stuff to get to that role, and you deserve to be in there. It's almost like... Um, it's almost like you're, uh, if we reach that level, it's almost like you've, you're retired as a salesperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you become a brand name <laughs> enterprise AE, right. you're almost retired and you're just going on your farewell tour and you're just collecting speaking gig checks. It's essentially what it is. But like the, uh, maybe but like um, the good AEs uh, at those brand name companies elevate themselves to massive leadership positions and visionary positions. Mm-hmm. So If you're just there for the cushy AE job and you've been there 10 or 15 years, God bless you and collect your commission checks and they're probably pulled down like a quarter of a million bucks to 500K a year and good for you, but I would argue that brand name AEs um, are out of basic, or have a way easier job than ultimately, I would say myself, the startup, and the companies because you have a product to fall back on that automatically sells itself.
0: Of course, and they no longer have to be so scrappy in order to close deals and whatever. Hey, that's good. Hey, Troy, you get a look in your eye when I know there's a clip. When you, when you, <laughs> you're, you're speaking right in, you're speaking right in the camera, and you're just going off. And I live for those moments.
1: Man, that that one's like, gonna be controversial. Oh.
0: Well, it all depends on how we clip, cut yeah, it how out. How are you gonna edit? How you I'm, edit. I'm just gonna say. Fuck Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so,
1: we're, yeah. we're a Salesforce company, by the way, so we use them. Um, they're great. Yeah, of course. It's yeah, an, I, I it's a, it, I, they're a great company. Course. I have a lot of respect for that. But I do think, listen, there are some. Uh, listen, salespeople aren't the most like people in the world. No. no. Like, honestly, it is. Like, when people hear salesperson, it, it, people go, they have such a negative connotation about sales, mm-hmm. right? Like, how? Like, that is the truth, right? And it's because you have pompous, egotistical beings, and let's call it Space baby, but mostly men. That ultimately, have, have like a, I'm an A sales force and I'm this. Like, well, well, I don't give a fuck about you, to be honest, dude. Like, I care about the product you're selling and the problem you're solving me. So I don't
0: care about you and the fact that you're carrying me like this, but I care about the product that you're selling Well, that was gonna be my last question, is what is the worst thing about sales? Like, as a salesperson, what is the least favorite thing about your job? Toughest part? Yeah, let's, let's leave it, like, what is the toughest, what is, what is the shittiest part about being a salesperson? The toughest part of my job is the problem that we're solving for. Prospecting. Top of the funnel, maybe.
1: The toughest part about a BDR, strip, BDR or SDR that we were talking about is, and the toughest part of every business, and why we're gonna make the traction we're making go to a billion dollars, as you would say Tristan, is because we're solving a problem to be able to get business to get new clients in the door and increase the revenue. You solve a problem that's top as top is of the funnel and the oxygen of every business, and the, and it's a pain point that every single salesperson has and every single salesperson ultimately needs to solve for, but there's no science to it, and you have a platform that ultimately could potentially, is breaking barriers in that problem that a lot of people have failed in the past to solve. That's where it gets super exciting, and like that's now where, wow. Um,
0: we've arrived, we, have re- we really created that neat product. That's great, but talk to the person that doesn't know who GreenCube is, mm. and isn't in sales themselves. Why is prospecting the worst part about being a salesperson? It's
1: the worst part because um, if you don't know, that person, if you don't know anything about prospecting, it's a very scientific process that happens in your mind. Um, I'm very good at prospecting and I can visually see that that person is a great fit for me and I can vi- visually be able to relate it back just by looking at someone's profile, right? Like, just by seeing who they are, and that's prospect, you're just looking, right? Um, if I'm a BDR, when we're Troy, let's call it related back to me, when I was starting off in sales, dude, I was just like typing in the vice president of the Vancouver Canucks, the SVP at or who is the CMO at uh, MLSC, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, we're a sports company. And I was like, I'm gonna DM that person from LinkedIn, I don't get anything about outreach. And now looking at it, I go, man, that probably wasn't the best strategy in the world. And there's a reason why I said 100 of those and got pissed off, that I got zero responses, right? And I was doing the copy paste, copy paste, copy paste, right. right? So, I mean, that's when I was like, uh, when I look at that, I go, well, shoot, man. I uh I wasted probably three to six months of green Q's progression, just based on the fact of me not knowing how to prospect or do outreach. But, and I was new to sales. But you
0: had to go through that grueling process oh, in I, order to
1: realize that there's got to be a better way to do this. That well, that then led to the evolution, which is hilarious because we were not an outreach business or a prospect business before. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, my pain and what we were solving for, and that we had data, and that we were an AI company creating unique target audience. So I was like, well. Can we solved my problem. Mm-hmm. And my problem was his problem, her problem, their problem. Oh wow, this is not just their problem. It's not a, it's not a city problem, it's not a province wide, but it's not a country, it's a, not North American based, it's worldwide. This is a worldwide problem affecting every single BB sales team. Oh shit, 33% of salespeople are leaving. Oh shit, 67% sometimes are leaving a company. Oh wow, young Gen Z millennials with attention spans of three seconds are ultimately coming in, they're onboarding the three to six month processes. Are you nuts? Wow! Oh, wait. We have a product that ultimately you can solve this problem today through
0: AI prospecting platform GreenCube. I so so I just think that it, here's my answer, and I don't do a whole lot of prospecting, but it I think it just boils down to how time consuming it is, and the amount of rejection that you get based off that time that you're investing. You're not getting mm-hmm. a whole lot of ROI on the time that you're investing when it comes to prospecting. And that's why so many people quit. Yeah. Like let's be honest,
1: like sales is hard. I mean thirty-five percent, sixty-seven percent turnover. Right. People are leaving. If you can't sell a product or know what you're doing, um, then or don't know how to prospect or mm. be able to do it efficiently, do personalized prospecting at scale is we have to say you're gonna probably leave that job It's time is you're sending one to two messages a day and you're getting no results. But if you're able to do it through a platform that cuts your time and delivers you the best leads and so you can just bet on yourself to do the best thing best you can yeah. do. If you still can't sell that product, then ultimately you got your answer to well, why you should leave. But I guarantee through our platform that you're gonna have a lot more success in doing it.
0: Of course. I wanna leave the people with this quote. It was one that I wanted to share with everyone. When I read it, I was like, oh my God, this is like a crazy quote. I, crum- I crumpled my thing <laughs> up, but the shows so I can't see. It says, Troy, you, I think you'll like this. It's not enough just to do something extraordinary initially. You have to make an extraordinary effort initially. Stay hot, act 39, get out there, kill it, find your passion, invest the time, speak through passion, find your energy. Troy, save me here. Good night.
1: Everybody, stay hot. Let's have a good one. Keep banging and uh, banging and clanging. Yeah, we've hit the neat spot, boys. Let's go have hit the... All right. (laughs)